With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fiji Forever, silent podcast, almost spoiler-free recap of Survivor Fiji. While we wait for Survivor 44 to premiere, I have taken it upon myself to spend my time recapping one of my favorite seasons of all time, Survivor Fiji. Today, we'll be covering episode two, Snakes Are Misunderstood, We Have an Understanding Now, which originally aired on February 15, 2007. Joining me today on Fiji Forever are two of my favorite, forever favorite guests, I should say, Survivor Hot Taste, M. Eichner and Andrew Denson. Oh my gosh, that was the most beautiful introduction ever. Hello. Thank, Thank you so much for you. having us, Gia. Oh, 
Thank you both for coming back as per huge. I think people will pick up on by now that I love having you both on because Aww. this is like what your fourth time each or I mean, basically, who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> You're like basically you guys are my probably gonna be my first inductees of the five timers club, which is always a great does it come with start. like a crown or something? I feel like it should. I don't know. I need to, <laughs> once we start getting merchandise out, I'll definitely get those made. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I'll wear yes. it every day. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I would like ideally I would love to get like robes, but that's more exciting. Like need nice robes. Like, like nice little lounge robes. I feel like that would be like very nice. Oh my gosh, we have to. I, be, and I know. How what cute would it be whenever we all unite in, uh, yeah, unite in uh, New York? Oh my gosh, how cute would that be if we all wore them yes. together? All right, we'll work on the robes. My people will get in contact with your people. Okay, I can't <laughs> wait. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Before we get into everything about episode two, I think we um just for continuity's sake, I do want to go over the rules of the podcast, which I've already discussed briefly with both of you. So as I said beforehand, like this is an almost spoiler-free recap of Survivor Fiji. And what I mean by that is that it is completely spoiler-free except for one in, in one important detail, which is that there is an all-black alliance that the edit never shows. But So we will be writing that wrong and highlighting them throughout the season. But in that same regard, we're not spoiling anyone's placements, including those in the Alliance. However, because this episode is where we lose our first Alliance member of the All Black Alliance in Erica, then obviously we can talk about her. You know, we will have a lot to talk about in that regard, given uh, two of the major factors in there is that while Erica is voted out, uh, Earl was on Exile Island while all of this was happening. And Anthony was the only person that voted to keep Erica. So that was an important detail and it kind of gets brushed over. We just know that in the edit that Anthony didn't want to vote her out, but we are going to be covering that a lot more extensively um, while we discuss our recap of Fiji. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Honestly, I'm glad that you highlighted that as well, because as someone who like, I I've watched Fiji a few times, but I didn't even recognize that was a, a huge critical alliance for even like the first few times that I watched it. So I'm excited. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my coffee. Oh my no, okay. Yes, before, I know, I I did a lot of stuff in the morning, but then I did not do coffee yet. But so then I said, I must have some during How could you not like, even you start your day? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, like when I say start my day, it was like 10, but that is early for me on my, on my weekends. Like getting, actually doing, being productive at 10 a.m. is a miracle to me. That's 100% me. I was literally rolling out of bed at like 1030. And the only reason why was for you. So you're welcome. I'm honored. I'm honored. There's very few podcasters I would wait up like and be productive before 10 for but oh this is a good this but is a good us. group for that yes that's us <laughs> but I, okay so before we get into episode two I do just kind of want and obviously because I've had you both on before and you both know how big of a fan of Survivor Fiji I am uh you know we've kind of already discussed it briefly but I did want to hear both of your like Fiji journeys. Do you remember when you first watched Survivor Fiji without spoiling anything about the season, like the 
the season's end game or anyone's placements? Did you enjoy like certain parts of it? Or was there anything that, you know, like going forward that you noticed here that kind of pick up on like what you liked or disliked about the season? I'd love to kind of know like your your current stance on Fiji. Uh, Andrew, I know that you and I talked about Fiji when you did your watch 40. 40 season or 42 seasons in 42 days. Uh, so, so I'd love to kind of hear kind of like what this is like on a rewatch for you. Well, uh, funny enough, uh, the, this is, I'm not watching all of it now, but this, if I had decided to watch Fiji now, uh, this would have been the third or fourth time that I would have watched it this year because me and Emily watched it in February for reasons. Um, I watched it again over the summer. So this would have been my third time watching it if I had watched it all the way through this year. Uh, but the first time I watched it, uh, it was what it was. I, I didn't I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't really like the pre-merge. And I thought the merge had a few fun episodes. Mm-hmm. And then every time I've watched it since then, it's always come after um, a long period of time of not watching. And... I, you know, it always grows in appreciation. I always, my appreciation of it grows more every time. But as we talked about over the summer, there's something that happens around Final Tribal that I just, I just can't, I I can't um, put it higher than I should, if if that makes sense. No, I get what you're saying. And and it sucks because this season is pretty damn good and is very underrated, but just some of the nastiness that happens, you know, I'm just not very fond of. Yeah. You're fighting so hard to not reveal any spoilers. (laughs) I know. It's so, I, so me deciding to do the no spoiler part was fairly last minute decision. And even when I did Stanawatu with Christine Palin, when I did the premiere with her and I, was fighting for my life to not spoil anything about the season. And it was so hard. And I was in episode one. So I don't know how I'm going to do this for one of my favorite seasons of all time. Vanuatu is also up there for me. I'm a big fan. I'm a big Stanawatu myself. And, but yes, and I I think that it's because we, you know, there are things further in the season that I'm going to want to talk about in more depth, especially if there are some newcomers to like the Survivor Fiji realm. But the my biggest gripe with the season, um, besides some of the things that we'll discuss later in in the rewatch, but that this all black alliance is you know it has five people we unfortunately lose one here but i really wish that if this this alliance was as had as big of an impact as they did and that this was a a really important uh story to tell and it just kind of gets brushed over for some of the other storylines that we'll see going forward in this season and i that's part of the reason that I really wanted to do this. Uh, this recap is so that we can give the All Black Alliance the time and attention that I think we all agree that they deserved to get that attention when the season originally aired in 2007. 
But M, I would love to ask you too, like, what are your thoughts on Survivor Fiji or, you I would know, love like, to tell you, Gia. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So I watched it um, the first time whenever it freshly premiered. So I think I was like the ripe age of like 10, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what year did Fiji, did Fiji come out? Do you know? It was 2007. So I was 12 when. I think that I was probably about 12 then. I was in yeah. seventh grade then. Um, yeah. So I I, I'm, I was a diehard Survivor fan um, up until um, like uh, until like season 21. And then I needed a little bit of a breather for obvious reasons. But um, but then I came back. Um, and I I think that my the, at first watch for me, it was challenging as a young viewer I guess because it seemed a little bit predictable just in terms of like tribe equity you know it's like the haves and the have-nots was something that was like it was like well like it doesn't make it feel like it's as close of a competition and it's really hard to watch just like a group of people suffer you know consistently um so at first it was really really hard for me to watch um but now that I've watched it, I think now three times this year uh, for a variety of different reasons. Um, and especially this episode in particular, after I rewatched it, I was like, wow, like there's a lot of really good characters this season that. Yes. Yeah. And like, we don't shine a lot of light on them. Like, and, and I think that the thing that like shocks me is like, even like, like I didn't realize that like, obviously like we all know, like Erica like leaves like this, this episode. And I was like, you know, like, I loved her from the very, like, from from that whole episode. I'm like, this woman is slaying. She's a really, really great character. She's someone that I could really root for. What happened to her? Then then they whacked her. I was like, oh, man. Like, but, like, so many people in this season I loved. And it was also so crazy to me that, like, we don't get a lot of returnees after this, which is just wild to me. Because I would have loved to see a few of them come back after they got their feet wet in the survivor dirt, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that it's a uh, it's a real shame on production's part that we haven't seen more mm-hmm. Survivor Fiji returnees because there is a lot of really fun, really charismatic cast members, and some of the eliminations I think uh, will warrant uh, people wanting that those players yeah. to return as we get further into the season. But even Erica, I feel like if this season aired in 2022 or soon to be 2023 that like erica would have so many twitter stands right now like our robbed goddess our robbed pre-merge goddess that Mm -hmm. i would have to you know like this i i would be at erica i am an erica stand but i would be even more of an erica stand absolutely mentions would be running rampant and i'm so sad that we lose her here but i feel like she's a very strong presence for the early parts of of Fiji, especially as we follow this storyline of Ravu just really struggling with the have not of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we can kind of go right into it actually, because the, the biggest, the most jarring story of the pre-merge is the significant difference between Ravu and Moto, the have not tribe and the haves tribe. So we open, but let me just say, these people get absolutely nothing, like less than what a normal tribe, any other tribe and survivor has gotten. So when we say they are the have nots, they have not a single damn thing except for a pot and a machete. One machete is what they get. And, and leaves and leaves and leaves, for water. Yes. So that's my point. That's the point I was about to go into because we open to, you know, some 
we usually start the episodes with whatever tribe just went to tribal council. Um, and for the Rabu tribe, you know, they're obviously going through a lot. They just voted out Jessica. They're expecting Sylvia to come at some point. But they also have to just try to survive at this point. And they do that in part because they can't boil water because they refuse to give they can't even take their torches back from tribal council and they have to make they don't have fire to make water so they have to lick off a lick water off of leaves in order to gain any type of like subsidies so that they're not completely dehydrated and you can hear in the background anthony being like oh the palms are better the palm fronds are the best one I'm like sir this is <laughs> this is so this is so rough i would be like rocky at this point just like done with everybody and everything so i can't imagine how some of these other people are keeping their composure for this yeah and i do what you I- would be like rocky <laughs> I would be like Rocky in this moment and licking leaves. And I want to like really. I would it. not be for it. Yeah, like, I really want to hand it to Rocky too because like he like really kept his composure up till this point, and I was like, wow, like he actually has a sense of humor. Like, you know? Can we just quickly talk about the fact that this man does not look like Sylvester Stallone? He, he does not look like Sylvester Stallone at all. And I like watching it now. I'm just like, nope, that nope, no, no. And it might be, it might be biased. Because I don't like him, but he doesn't look like him at all. And the Boston yeah. accent probably makes it worse. It's pro I I could go into this a lot more with it, but uh, you know, Rocky, it took him six days before he completely lost his cool. So I guess that's, you know, actually no, because it took him like three days because him and Dreams got into a fight on like the second night. Oh so, yeah. I think that was yeah. literally day one, wasn't it? Like <laughs> I think it was the second night because that's when oh, they got yeah, the roof you're over. Right. But so I'm sorry, he lasted two days without losing his cool. So <laughs> that's certainly something. That's quite a record. And I don't know. I feel like, you know, these people are dehydrated. They've spent the day building shelters and Ravu happened to have to build a shelter twice at this point. And you know what? They're they're not paying close attention. They see like the similar eyes and like the fact that he's Italian and they're like Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) I don't personally I I don't know. It's like also, though, his name is James. So I feel like he had to get a nickname because literally one season later we get James Clement and which just kind of ends it for all other survivor yeah. James moving the second forward. That we, yeah, like the second that, that he got his name, then it was game over. I don't think we're yeah. going to have another James again. <laughs> exactly. James has a, has a standum, I thought. What? Doesn't, doesn't Ghost Island James have like a standum one line? Oh. Isn't there a Ghost Island James? I don't think so. Man, listen, Asian I forgot. James? Asian James? Oh, yeah. James, James Lim. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay, He's fine. Right. He's fine. But then, <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, though, I will say, as I said at the 43 finale, that I have been a James stan of James Survivor 43 I knew since it. the preseason when he also liked Fiji. So, you know, I was ahead of the game. But You were. You yes. knew it before he was cool. I knew it. I knew it before everybody was very excited about him and like started like loving him. It's like I've always been a James James Stan. So there. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that is neither here nor there. But Rafu is going through it. And it is just, and this is again 
the major concern that I have with the have have not twist is that it's not even like such it's so wide a gap between the two tribes in that Moto has everything they'll need to survive and more with all of the different luxuries that they have at their camp while as Rabu has less than what most tribes are given at the beginning of the season and they they have a lot going on especially when they are about to get their new member Sylvia who as we have said before has a reputation now at this point for being a little bossy oh go ahead Andrew oh I was gonna say like uh, yeah well that's kind of like how I feel like with Sylvia and now that I'm like rewatching her edit a little bit more like I'm like you know like she has a reputation of being really bossy in this season I was like but like they already like they already had Boston Rob basically doing the exact same thing like with the architecture you know so it makes me wonder like where like the differentiation kind of goes like is it just because like she's a little bit older and she's a woman that people are kind of being able like to put like people are, are able or willing to listen to her and to her direction and expertise. What do you guys think? That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> it I, is. Go ahead. Gia. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely in part because she is uh, a woman. She is, I think she points out that she's the oldest woman on her tribe, but also I think that it's also a combination of like, these are all adults that might not necessarily want to be told what to do all the time in a stressful environment like this. But I think that it's magnified even more at this point because Ravu in particular is not like has nothing right now. And then adding on to we should be doing all of these things as well. It's like they as they said in this episode, like for some people, it's hard to even like stand for you know, yeah. like more than an hour at a time. So, you know, like they're they're doing the best they can at this point. So getting a new person, a new energy into the tribe and that person just coming from Exile Island, yeah. which as we know from, uh, from this episode, Earl saying that it's better at Exile Island than it actually is at the Ravu camp. That's how bad the Ravu camp is mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. But that... You know, like the having that person come back and like telling them what to do and how they need to, uh, you know, keep doing all of these different things. And then that is like yeah. and they've been struggling for, I think, six days at or like four or five days at this point is mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot. That's quite a lot. And I also wonder, like, now that we're talking about this a little more, like, so Sylvia comes to the Rabu tribe and like they finally have like a face to like associate with like who put them in this predicament? Like she was the one who picked the teams, you know what I mean? And like, they already like have all bonded together. Right. And she's already, she's in theory, put them all together to give them their first loss. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. people always want someone to blame. Especially yeah, when you're miserable. <laughs> pretty. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, Oh, that'd be pretty petty for them to just be like, it's her fault. Uh, because she didn't know what she was doing. Uh, but I do agree. And I do feel like, when she came back and she was telling them to, oh, uh, maybe we should try this. And like, we tried that. We tried that. We tried that. And you feel for her because you can tell that she really is just trying to help. But these people are already pissed off that they've lost. They're already pissed off because they haven't eaten or drank. Uh, and now you're coming in telling us stuff we already tried. 
Yeah, it's going to annoy. It's going it, to. I feel like that's besides the women thing and the older woman thing and, and all of that. Uh, the comparison between her and Boston Rob from, from season eight is he was there the entire time. He had to, like, he was yeah. going through it with them. She, as both of y'all said, she is a newbie. She's coming in. Um, yes, we know who this person is, but she hasn't she hasn't been in the shit as we have. Um, and so we 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 almost it's it's amazing that the vote didn't stay on her this episode um, because of all of that yeah. because it's very much leaning into that and we'll, I'm sure we're gonna get to that later. But yeah, and it's just. I feel bad for Sylvia because she definitely gets screwed over with how the twist is, especially since the reason that she was the one picking the teams is because she, you know, because everyone was saying that she was the leader in constructing the camp. And then she basically gets forced out of like, she's not going like, no matter what happens after she gets sent to exile, she's not going to be a part of the camp that she was responsible for making and also, I just – one thing is that I totally understand and definitely can see why the logic would be that, like, she made the teams and our team lost, so this is her fault. But I actually think Sylvia did a really good job constructing the teams because even in this immunity challenge that we're going to see, they they come pretty close to uh, to winning over Moto after being dehydrated and starving for – X amount of days at this point and that's not something you know like that if they were so different in like capabilities that that would not happen so I think that had we closed the gap a little bit in the haves versus have not segments of the tribes that we would actually get a lot uh, a lot more back and forth between yeah. the tribes so I think that's kind of a detriment of a production choice at this point yeah and like the thing is like she's she kept it like so even too like I, I do agree with you especially like yeah. at the start we'll see that like I mean like I I don't know like I think that the thing that like breaks my heart the most is like when you see um like poor Sylvia at the end of the uh, tribal council when she's like She's like, I even have another idea. Like, let's just pick a leader. It doesn't have to be me. You know, like she's like, it was, I was like, oh, bestie. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> she's good. She doesn't yeah. want it, you know? I guess in my head, I, historically, the tribes have looked uneven to me, mainly because Dreams, Alex, Edgardo, Boo are all huge. And when I look mm -hmm. at the men on the other tribe, <laughs> Where it's Rocky, who's tiny, Anthony, who's Anthony, and I love um, Earl, who always gave off, even though I know he's not old, you know, uh, he gave off older vibes. And so you just have Mookie. So in my head, it never seemed even earlier. Uh, you know, as I've watched it, uh, as I've watched it every time since then um yes the, the tribes are way more even but uh initially i'm like well this tribe is definitely going to win for a variety of reasons one they have all the big big guys dreams being number one period yeah yeah also and we'll get into moto for a second they do have a large like there's definitely a lot of the more physical guys in there like dreams boo um edgardo seems pretty tall um 
who was it? Alex, I think. I don't think he's particularly tall. I could be wrong, but I think he seems to be like very in shape. So it's definitely, they have a lot going for them in that tribe already on top of all of the nice stuff that they get. So it's definitely not helping the situation at all. One of the stronger guys on the tribe of Rabu, though, is Mookie, who we actually get his first confessional here. Uh, Mookie was our runner-up last episode for the winner of the episode of the premiere, in part because of his role in voting out Jessica and, like, spearheading the Jessica vote. But, you know, so Mookie's in a pretty good spot right now, in part partially because they feel like they need that physicality with what little they already have to rely upon. And then once Sylvia gets, you know, and they've been scavenging food for a very long time on Rabu, but Sylvia comes to Rabu. And I have to say one of my favorite moments of this episode is that Yao Man goes up to Sylvia, grabs, like gives her a big hug and he's like saying how like how rude he was at that point because he's like peeking in her bag to see if she found anything and remember that like they don't know yet that the idol is actually at camp so it was so funny like it was amazing yeah because I I watched it twice because I wanted to make sure that I was seeing this correctly at like you know how there's like some uh, scenes of Survivor that like they're only a couple seconds but they la- they feel like they last like 10 hours like yeah. Yao Man like not letting her go and like making sure that he's still looking yes. in her bag that's me I was like I was like oh my god like how did you not yeah. even feel that didn't even look him in the eye <laughs> I know he's like oh my good friend Sylvia we've missed you like let me just let me just take a peek let me just yeah. see what you got going on I am always pro searching bags if you are able to get away with it so I love this moment it. Me too. All's fair in love and war. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely do think though that it's it's harder because like that that I feel like is also a great summary of Sylvia's entrance into the camp as well because like she is she's a stranger to the she's an outsider in this alliance. They're not greeting her and introducing her to the camp. They're giving her a hug while they're checking her bags and they're trying to figure out how they are going to maneuver her for the next few days if they can't keep the tribe together. So it's just a lot happening in there. Um, but Drew, what were you going to say? I was just going to agree with you. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say much. Okay. Today, I agree with you. All right. But then they, they do have a little bit of the upside of Ravu is that they do end up getting some good luck here with so as good of luck as I think that they can have, you know, they've been doing what they can with scavenging for food, eating clams off of, um, off of the ground, uh, practicing opening the coconuts that take so much energy because they're all exhausted. And as we see with Mookie, like sometimes the coconuts don't even have uh, water in them. So it's kind of like a, it's a frugal effort. But then we do get this, this like little beacon of hope at the end of the Ravu set segments before we get into the immunity challenge where Erica finds a bunch of pineapple for the tribe. And this kind of like reinvigorates their, their hope for this next challenge. And I think that it's like so interesting. Sorry, Andrew, I just cut you off. That was so rude. Um, But like the one thing that I, I really want to point out here too, is like Erica in this moment reminds me a lot of Noel in 43. Hear me out. This is why. 
Um, Noelle had like this incredible episode where like she won individual immunity and then, or she, she won um, individual reward or whatever. And then the very same episode, she's whacked, you know? And I feel like this was Erica's like big reward. You know what I mean? Like she won, uh, she won everyone pineapple in a lot of ways. She really helped to build a solid relationships with a lot of the tribe because they were so grateful that they had something to eat and like in like some water, you know, cause there's water and fruit, but like that. And then all of a sudden whacked, devastating. Well, and ironically, it's she finds the pineapple, she eventually gets voted out. Earlier in the episode, they're talking about how we're going to get Sylvia to teach us all of this stuff and then vote her out. I think either Rocky or Mookie said it. It was two of them talking with Anthony. I remember that. And ironically, they do end up voting out someone that did contribute heavily to the tribe in the same episode. So that was just a nice... um uh, nice, nice uh, moment there where they voted out the, in my opinion, wrong person that provided for the tribe in that situation. Um, but I really like Erica in this episode. I feel like her intensity, and in, I don't know, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but her intensity in the, in the challenge wasn't, from what we are shown and from what I was perceiving it to be, wasn't overly aggressive. She wasn't cussing people. At, you know, I, I'm biased as a coach. Um it didn't feel like she was cussing people out just to cuss people out. And she wasn't really even cussing people out. She's saying, no, do this. Let's do this. She's just trying to take initiative because we need to win because we need food and water and fire and all of this. And I feel like, you know, the, the fact that people took that the wrong way, I feel like if she looked differently, that might have been taken differently. But what do I know? I mean, let's look at this tribe as a whole. There are some very emotional people on this tribe that we will see. And, you know, we haven't even seen the worst of it at this point yet. And it it certainly is not Erica. And it seems like up until the immunity challenge, from what we were seeing, from what Earl's segments in Exile Island were, that, you know, the game plan up until they actually have to go to tribal council was to get rid of Sylvia and to keep the, the the rest of the tribe, the original tribe members together. But then we, you know, and there, there's a lot to discuss on that end, but I completely agree with you, Andrew, about that and how, like, I, I think there is a little bit of bias going on and like who can be enthusiastic during challenges who can be emotional during challenges or in this game and who can't be that's definitely something that comes up and I think that you know if we were talking about Fiji if Fiji aired in 2022 then you know I think that this would get a much different response from its audience in the decision to vote out Erica for what really feels like one mistake in that her and whether or not it's a mistake or just a natural reaction is, you know, like another full conversation to have. Let's quickly talk about Moto before we get to the immunity challenge. Um, they, they don't get a ton of screen time here other than the fact that we are getting the most elaborate camp in Survivor history. They talking about like how they're living in the lap of luxury. They have a shower. They have a couch. They have cups, hammocks, plates, silverware, uh, 
we have Boo in the hammock just like laughing and talking about how rough it is out here. And they have like rice, mango, and lemonade. But like it's okay, guys, because they made it themselves. So, you know, they are working hard naturally. Yeah, I I I I, I like this episode. I, I liked I, I don't know know the word. I, I liked the difference between the two tribes because this is back when it was still fun to compare the tribes. Yeah. Um, the first thing that stood out to me this time around is I know that Boo and the runner-up of Samoa and third place in Heroes versus Villains uh, are friends. Um, yes. But I just, I guess I just never realized, probably because I like Boo, that they sound exactly alike. They both have the, the they same really do. accent. And like, he's talking and I'm like, that's that's that guy. You know, that's that's him. But I like Boo. And this because like there was this they they committed a lot of time. He got a, his own segment, um, with this yeah. Time where he's just hurting himself, and it's adorable because it's Boo, and you know he's 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 this fun character because he's just like he's almost portrayed as like a country bumpkin, um, which I don't know if that's offensive, but let's hope it's not. Um, and we we get we don't really get any negative content from anyone on that tribe, which won't be the case at other points in the season, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy, uh, what's this? Alex is combing his hair with a fork. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Little mermaid. Very, uh, yes. Very yeah. Disney princess of him. Um, and you know, we get the dreams confessional, which I thought was one of the better parts of the episode, you know? And yeah. Really I, I do have to say the boo hurting himself segment with dreams talking about how Boo will hurt himself out as a game is is so funny to see because we get, you know, when we get the next time on Survivor segment after the premiere, they treat it as like this dramatic thing of like, will Boo be medically evacuated? Like how, you know, like why Boo can't stop hurting himself and Dream's talking about how Boo will hurt himself out of the game. That was the part of the preview. And then we get to this episode where we see it and it's just a comedic segment about all the different ways, despite them living in this incredibly luxurious camp that they still have daily goings on, including this side plot of Boo just getting hurt in all of these different ways. So that was a really lighthearted part of what is a rather frustrating episode in a lot of ways. I do, um, before we get to the immunity challenge, I do want to talk a little bit about Dreams Confessional, like what you said before, Andrew, because I think that that was a really good segment to discuss more in depth. So I know that with, you know, that no one from Moto goes home this episode and they uh, they have a lot going for them here. But I, there's something particular about Dreams as confessional. And as I said in the premiere, I think Dreams is the one that does a really good job at explaining his story versus when production kind of highlights some of the struggles that Dreams has been through in his life. But he was talking about how, you know, like he wished that he could bring his family to this camp and that this was a lot, you know, his, his upbringing was very different than 
a lot of other people here. He's talked about how he was homeless before because his mom started doing drugs and then him and his siblings scavenged food together. Basically saying that being on Survivor in this camp is a lot easier than or, or it's a little easier is what his words were than being at home. And the thing that really stuck out to me in this episode was that he was saying how his tribe members don't know what it's like to suffer. Even when they're – like he feels just so much more appreciative of everything that they have here, whereas a lot of his tribe members are still describing it as like we're roughing it or, you know, like this is – we worked for our food because we – cooked the rice ourselves or we found the mango or something despite everything that they have when we see what Ravu is going through on the other side but dreams is just so much more aware of all of the blessings that they have in this show than what I and I feel like he's more appreciative than a lot of the people in this episode and Getting getting to the point that I'm making, I think that this is kind of a hint of some of the bigger disagreements that we are going to get later in the season because of like Dream's perspective of where they're at and how he's going to look at the game. And we do know, again, that like he he is part of this all-black alliance, but on Moto, it's just him and Cassandra right now that um, are on that side. We don't hear a ton from... I don't know if we even get a confessional from Cassandra this episode, but yeah, so that that's another, that's another part of it. But I think that they did a, a good job focusing on dreams and kind of his thoughts on the tribe and how his life experiences are reflecting that and I think that that's definitely something to think about as we move forward into some of the later episodes of this season absolutely and I think that like I um whenever you finally get this confessional from dreams I think that it helps to kind of build like your empathy because I think that a lot of people who watch Survivor likely don't share the exact same life experiences as, as dreams did you know and so while he gets he gets a kind of a weird edit in like the first episode where he's just like really loud, really excited and just like happy to be here and you know, whatever. And then that's like whenever like he and Rocky have like that, like outburst, you know, but like uh, uh, Rocky has the outburst. That's what I mean. But like, I think that it helps to kind of build that empathy. Of, like he's just so excited for this opportunity and just to, he just wants to savor every moment and really take it as seriously as he can. Um, and I, so I think that it kind of helps to build that understanding if you're able to connect those dots, you know? And without, you know, Spoiling. Uh, I do feel like Dreams, the way they portray him for, you know, as long as he's here, whatever. Um, it, he he gets a, I, I feel like Dreams gets a very good edit. Um, and, it's, and it's funny that it happens, you know, that, or a really good edit as far as where he comes from. I should say it like that. Um, and it's funny the way uh, the, the way they go about his over, overall story as the season continues because it's like okay well you 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 want us to feel you're obviously portraying him showing this confessional by him because you want us to feel a certain type of way about him basically we they want us to empathize with him why would you do all of this if you're going to you know do something different later and it's frustrating especially this time around you know, knowing how the season kind of turn, uh, goes, um, 
to say, hey, you know, I, I thought we were supposed to, this is, this is dreams. The, 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 the cheerleading coach that was homeless and, you know, and, and is really valuing his time here. Um, so that's frustrating. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like I'd love to have you guys back on like a later episode as well if we want to talk about kind of like where we were at episode two and where we are a little bit later in the season as well. But I I think that it depends who you are as a viewer. But like uh, my opinion of dreams stays consistent in a positive way throughout the um, throughout his journey in the season. So I I am, you know, without spoiling anything again, I am a huge Dreams fan. I am a big fan of him as a player. And, and I think that's reflected in this episode here. And I just really, I really enjoy him. And I'm glad that we get moments like this. And we really see the difference between him and some of his other tribe members. But I think that your opinion of Dreams as a survivor viewer really depends on what you value in the game, whether or not you actually are pro players playing in their best interests or not. And we will get more into that as we get further in the season. But I think that there is a much larger discussion to have that we will have at the end of the survivor Fiji recaps that there are, and we are seeing it now. We are seeing it with the Survivor 43 fallout that there are a lot of Survivor fans that I believe, you know, they they stand certain players or they root for POC players or particularly uh, black players only when they act in accordance with their favorites. So there is something to be said about that, a much larger conversation to have about that, about like when, you know, this is another type of anti-blackness in the survivor realm because you shouldn't be, a, you know, like if you're only rooting for black players when they are aligned with your favorites or you're only work, uh, rooting for queer players or other POC players or just people coming from different walks of life when there are in connection with your favorite i'm thinking the same thing about how like james was received when he was voted out when he had his fight with owen and then at the end of the season when he was the only person that voted for cassidy and if that's the only time you're rooting for a player like james or a player like dreams is when they're doing the thing you want so that your favorite can move forward in the game then you're really not an ally to black players on survivor um and I think that this is a conversation that a lot of uh, Black fans and uh, actual allies of theirs in the Survivor fandom have been having for a while now. But I think it's even more eminent as we are getting to the 43, like, fallout, I guess I will say. And that is not to say that James does not deserve uh, praise for voting for Cassidy or for like having his opinion about the game or anything like, but I think it's, it's interesting to see some player, some people only think positively of him after the final vote. Whereas I don't think that there was anything that he did wrong in while he was still in the game. And I think that dreams is, you know, dreams is a, a favorite of mine for many reasons, but I think that like this confessional here is one of the major reasons why I just really admire him as a player. But Andrew, I, I would love to get your take on that. There, I have two examples and yeah. that kind of go along with one second chances. 
Uh, everyone, everyone loves Jeremy Collins. I love Jeremy Collins. Whatever. Um, and it's funny because for a large part of that season, everyone loved Jeremy Collins. And then you go and look at what people have said afterwards. It's like, oh man, I really feel like they just really hated Spencer because Spencer definitely was doing more than Jeremy. I'm like, okay, all right, time out. So you like Jeremy when he was aligning with Spencer, but you don't think that he either one should have swept him, but two, you know, maybe even in the worst case should have just lost. I, that's not even as a biased person. Yes. I can see how I thought that Jeremy deserved to win all the votes and all of that, but like, let's see, let's say that I'm, I'm not me. Um, I still felt like Jeremy was going to win that. So it was very surprising to see that. Number two, and this is the one that bothers me to no end, 20-something-odd years later, the Vesepia-Kathy thing, where everyone was yes. all cool with uh, them flipping the vote on the, the, the row two four, and we're all, we're all good, they're all working together, and now, you know, Kathy was robbed. I found, I can't believe Vesepia would do this to this this poor lady, yes. we loved her for so long. I can't believe she would just rob her at the end like this. And it's like, if if Nalia had done that, I feel like people wouldn't have freaked out or treated Nalia the way that a lot of fans and survivors we saw with the interview uh, have treated the sepia since, since that season ended. Uh, so I, I get it. Oh, yeah. And let's not pretend, like, we would, if Nalia was... Nalia was responsible for, you know, saying you like technically she did vote out Kathy, but if she had made come up with the idea, and then, and then, if she had made the plan to vote out Kathy herself as opposed to just taking the deal that Vesepia offered her, I think that if Vesepia had still won, then we would have also been hearing that Nalea was robbed and that she should have won, or you know, she was the person that took out Kathy as opposed to what. Some of our deeper uh, survivor analysts have seen, which is that Vesepia had a really good social game and was kind of the original under the radar winner that we all know and love. And icon, icon, icon. We love Vesepia. One day I'll get to talk about Vesepia's win in depth, and I'm going to just be so happy when I get the chance to do that. But I think those are both really good examples, and they aren't the only two examples of when this happens, I'm thinking of like Wendell's win and Ghost Island when people were saying Dom was robbed, but Dom just had like double the confessionals of Wendell. So, of course, he's like people are going to see him more often than Wendell in the edit. But then also the the question of, well, why did Dom get double the edit? But Wendell, as the winner, you know, got so much fewer confessionals than Dom, despite them being a duo in the game. But there, and there are a lot of other examples. I could think of so many, but we'd be here forever if we're talking about, like, all the times that Black players Super have been get receiving this treatment. And that's very – but that's very unfortunate. And that's one of the reasons why we want to do the Fiji Forever podcast because we want – uh, to highlight the black players in a positive way in a season where we know that a black alliance exists and has an impact on the season. So now we get to the immunity challenge before I give anything else, before I give anything away. But <laughs> we get to the immunity challenge and it's, I, I again, the Fiji, the Fiji challenges are really good this 
this season. I, I just love the differences that we get in it. This one is a little more like what you would get in a modern Survivor season, but that's fine. Basically, they have to row a boat and uh, go around a flag clip the crates to the boat and then solve the puzzle at the end. And this is kind of what I was talking about for Sylvia picking the teams really well, is that for a large portion, especially when they were going out to row, Ravu was in the lead. And I forgot how close it was until we get to the final portion of it. But Ravu was in the lead for a really good portion of this. And that includes like, the fact that they've been starving, they've been dehydrated, and all of those things. Emily? <laughs> oh, me? Um, sorry, I thought that everyone was looking at me. Um, no, and I think that, like, that that's like that, that's the power of the pineapple. That's what I'm telling you. You know what I mean? I like I, I was like, I was like, this is it. Like, they're absolutely gonna make it. And like I, I was thinking about this while you were talking, which is why sorry, I was quiet for a second. Cause I was like. I was like, you know, like if they were so close and they already had it, like, of course, Erica is going to be like, let's go. Like, we're so close. I know this. Trust me. Like, this yeah. is the right peg, you know? And then no one's listening to her, which I think would also make me pretty frustrated if I haven't eaten in 84 years, you know? Like, <laughs> so like to me, like this makes perfect sense. And I think I get really frustrated because I feel like this is like the, the beginning of like the short term game versus the long term game. Like, I feel like. Erica already had a very loyal alliance. She would have been able to vote, not always like either like against Rocky, which I feel like it sounds like Rocky was kind of gunning for her and he was kind of leading the charge to get her out or whatever. But like she she was in a really great spot and she was a pretty loyal, loyal tribe mate who could actually give like give back. But like, you know, long term, everyone wanted to get out Sylvia because she wasn't someone that, that people felt like they could trust, you know? So like I just feel like she she made one like um she she made one quote unquote like error that like turned a few people off to her or whatever and like that yeah. was her whole defining game even the, and that overshadowed all the good that she did for the tribe so her vote out was like very shocking and weird to me you know yeah absolutely and I let's be clear Erica's not the reason that they lost that challenge um so that was absolutely. not uh, like her being excited or wanting the puzzle to be done correctly which fair is that like this is not her fault this is not she is not the reason that they lost this challenge and she shouldn't be treated like that but then of course like because of everything we discussed previously this of course came into play when not only did moto win the immunity challenge they also get fishing gear on top of everything else that they already have why are they giving them more things they do not need i get that it was like if ravu had won they would have also gotten the fishing gear but it's very obnoxious to me which just i don't understand why they're doing this to them it's like stop giving moto more things they do not need any more please please we don't know what happens later in the season but do you think this would have been a perfect time for them to say, hey, the winner just gets the good camp. If they had just gone back and forth, just say, hey, every time a team wins, they get to take the – do you feel like that would have made it more fair than what we have right now? Yeah, I I love I, that idea. <laughs> so I think, like, logistically, it's 
impractical for them to be like every time someone wins they're gonna have to move all their stuff to the new to the nice camp but or if uh if you win then you go you can either decide do you want the nice camp or do you go to tribal council you know or like that or the losers go to the nice camp you know like that would be the better thing is that you know but i think that's a little impractical for every all the logistics of the game to have the tribes constantly moving back and forth however i think like the easiest solution to this is to just minimize the difference between the two tribes in the first place or to give them the option of you either go to tribal council or you get the nice camp but again i think at some point like i think that production made the differences so apparent that it kind of while we get a lot of entertaining segments at the camps themselves it does not make for suspense in the in the actual challenges because one has one tribe just has so much more going for them than the other one to the point where it's like we've said one tribe has everything and more that you would need to be in a survivor camp and one tribe has less than what a normal tribe would be getting on any other season to start off. And I think that's really a detriment on production's part. And especially because of how well balanced the teams were, because if it was a little bit more, even if the other tribe had a little bit more going for them, I think they would have pulled out the win here. Like realistically, I think that, or like, if it's going to be this close at this point, you can't tell me that Ravu didn't have a significantly better chance of pulling out the win here. Had they not been dehydrated, had they not been starving, had they, have they you know, a little more energy than, like, that they haven't been wasting trying to crack coconuts open and things like that. And, and it sucks because... Without jumping the gun... Um, you're struggling so hard. It's cracking me up. I know. It's really hard. It's really hard to keep the, the, the it's mystery really keep completely spoiler three, but you, we're you trying sit here and you're rooting for them. You, 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 you see that there are, you see that there are glimpses of, Hey, like we can do this y'all. Like we, yes, we lost, we've lost two in a row, but we can do this. Like, let's just, Let's keep the tribe strong, which is a phrase that I actually hate on the show. But like in this instance, you kind of need to do that because if we do end up going on a losing streak that's longer than two, we need to keep people, uh, the tribe as strong as possible to potentially win down the line. Now, what they do instead is get out a big threat, which is wild to me because I, I, I saw Erica as like a middle of the pack threat on the tribe threats really haven't been established yet in my opinion and so the fact that they got rid of her where she was one of the people that was doing well in the challenge and was keeping everyone the the way that she knows how to do it trying to keep people motivated let's get rid of that person and Mm -hmm. just hope that next time we will do even better than when we had this person trying to motivate us and also killing it in the challenge. Right. That, that, yeah. This so was my mind. Can I ask well, you guys too? I'm sorry. Yeah. Gia, I mean, no, no, like, no. Well, um, you go first. 
Okay. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about exile afterwards, but I okay. think this is important Yeah. I just have a really yeah. quick, yeah. I have like a super quick question because like now like, I, I've watched this twice, but like, I'm trying to think like going off of your question, Drew, like whenever you're like, or your point rather, when you're like, well, the, the smartest thing they can do is keep the tribe strong. And they voted out someone who was strong, which I agree with, you know, but who was underperforming in the challenge? Who would have been the right person to eliminate or who is under, yeah, like in this specific challenge or maybe as a resume of a few, you know, who would have been the right person to eliminate? You got to get rid of Sylvia. Yeah. I, 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 think, that, I think that for all the, re, you know, especially because of what happens on Exile Island this episode, I think that the best choice for them as a united tribe is to vote out the person that has not been there, that might have an idol, and that let's be honest like in turn between erica and sylvia if you're looking at like being physically capable i think erica is probably more likely to do well in the challenges and with camp morale overall than sylvia that's not saying i want sylvia True. to go but if i'm thinking of like who is going to keep things together in the tribe like who is going to contribute to like the camp life aspects of it while I think that Sylvia definitely wants to contribute to the camp I think she has that outsider status that is a detriment to Ravu and mm -hmm. you know I, I, in a perfect world we'd be getting uh, a someone else voted out that I'm not a big fan of but you know that's just not what's gonna happen here and I'm very sad about that <laughs> and <No. laughs> sorry y'all it's okay. I understand. But I, I I just don't think in the grand scheme of things that the Erica boot makes much sense for anyone in Ravu. I don't see how this would be anyone's best interest except for Sylvia because obviously Sylvia knows – and Sylvia is well aware of her position in the tribe. She is not dumb by any stretch of the imagination. And she's very smart to go along with this plan when the Erica boot is presented to her. But I don't – I just don't see, you know, why this vote just feels very nonsensical to me in the grand scheme of things for why they for the, their reasoning behind why they voted her out. Um, it's it just feels very sudden and it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense for wanting to eventually win a challenge here. But one of the things that I think really plays into this factor now. Uh, basically at Ravu, I think we kind of already talked about the major points about why Erica was voted out. This was a plan that was originated by Mookie and Rocky and they spread the word around to the camp. There are some people that like, uh, Michelle and Rita that seem like they don't really want to blindside Erica. Sylvia is obviously on board for this. Um, we don't see a lot of Yao Man in this segment at all but the biggest detractor from voting out erica right now is anthony who we know is in this all black alliance with her but then on the other side of things earl who is the other member of this alliance that is on the ravu tribe is on exile island during this time he's safe from the vote he can't get voted out here but he goes to exile island he learns that the idol is back at camp and as he mentions, he's not too worried about Sylvia also knowing this information because he expects Sylvia to be voted off. And 
you know, we've already talked about it. He he gets the episode title here where he kills the snake and is talking about how snakes are misunderstood, but we have an understanding now. He talks about how Exile Island is nicer than the Rabu camp, which I believe, honestly. And he's able to make fire here. So it's there's a lot going on, but the big the big factor here is that one of Erica's biggest supporters is not able to participate in this vote. And from what we have seen here from these two episodes, it seems like Earl has a really good social standing in the tribe. And we haven't heard anything negative said about him yet. And I think that I don't know if Earl would have been willing to like really, you know, risk his game by like, you know, holding his ground on not voting out Erica. But I have faith in Earl that if he was not at Exile Island during this vote, there's a very good chance that Sylvia still goes home. Oh, absolutely. And and it's I mean, that's the way the game goes. And I, I am one of those people is like, oh, you got to play to the game and all that. And it sucks in this instance because we do lose the first member of the All Black Alliance. Um, but, you know, it, it it still gave us good Earl time. Uh, the yeah. fact that we recorded Saving Private Ryan, which by this point uh, was like a 10-year-old movie. And in his dehydrated state, he's still able to think of a quote from Saving Private Ryan. Not really a famous quote from Saving Private Ryan either. Um, or a, a scene from it. Uh, but I think I think we get a lot of good Earl moments, despite the fact that the, you know the the episode's going to end with him losing one of his yeah. bigger allies. Um, I do agree with you that Exile Island in this season is absolutely better than the Have Nots tribe, um, and I, I feel like if he were there, let's let's say he stays, and they decide to send who they perceive the ne- to be the next strongest person which would probably be Mookie, I would say. Uh, if the Haves had decided to pick the next strongest person, they would pick Mookie. Let's yeah. Say. Sylvia definitely goes home then because Mookie's the one that initially said, oh, I didn't like Erica's attitude during that challenge, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So if you remove that part of the equation, Sylvia probably goes home unanimously. Uh, yeah. And that's just the way that these games go. And, and it sucks when it's one of our favorites or one of the people that we want to do well um but it's exciting when it's not uh and it just so happens it's one of the episodes where it was the former instead of the latter yeah i agree that's really well said and i i agree i think that like if we had that opportunity and earl wasn't on exile island here i do strongly believe that erica's chances of staying were much greater here uh, I I am a little surprised at Moto's choice to send Earl to Exile Island, I will say, because I, I don't know. I think that this is still kind of a time where they view Exile Island as like a punishment where this is actually where you get all the information regarding the idol. However, I don't I think if the I think if Moto was a little bit smarter, they would have just sent Sylvia again because she is on the outs. And she, you know, like keep the idle clues to one person instead of everyone knowing about it. But 
And that was I, kind of a new strategy too. Like, I mean, yeah. like I think that the, the only time, but the, the first time we ever saw that was in Gabon, right? With the sugar shack. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that that's like something that people had to evolve into. Yeah. And, but then like the previous season, they kept sending Yule to Exile Island, which the idol was much more powerful in Cook Islands. But basically it was, you know, and Yule ended up winning that season. So, the, and this this god idol that he had, as it's been known in the Survivor fandom, really tilted the scales it the scales in his favor. Outside of the fact that also I just think Yule is a naturally really smart person and has an eye for the game. But I think that if you give a player like Yule even more power in that regard, then it can be disastrous. But with this idol, which Jeff explains the idol rules here about how it can be played before the uh the votes are read but after the votes are cast and this is the current idol format that we have now and then also the fact that you can play it for someone else is also described in there but everyone is aware of the idol rules at this point everyone that needs to know about the idol rules why wouldn't you want to get sylvia out or why wouldn't you want like the the tribe outsider to be on exile island at this point like the fact that you're giving another player potentially more power like earl um is uh it's a little questionable to me i don't know why why they sent him but i do find it interesting i wonder if this was uh i wonder if this was just that they thought that they were weakening earl by going sending him to exile island or if this was something that uh, maybe the likes of like Dreams and Cassandra who have an like, interest in Earl not being voted out this episode were like, well, let's send him because he's strong and like this will That's be a, a detriment point. to him. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Like, like to be fair, like they're already all suffering. Like, I mean, <laughs> like they, they yes. know what's like, they know the have nots tribe is obviously not as great as the haves. Um, yeah. So like, I don't I think that that probably is like the best assumption that they had to find a way to help to preserve him and keep someone one of the bigger threats in the alliance strong. Yeah. And I'm guessing Earl has some, you know, they spent the the entire cast spent the first three days together. So I'm wondering if it's like I'm wondering if Earl going to Exile Island was the result of his connections on Moto wanting to protect him or Moto thinking that they could weaken him by sending him over there. But either way, it works out for Earl in that he is safe this vote and now has an idea of where the idol is, but it is to Earl's detriment because he loses one of his allies in the process here with Erica's boot episode. And then, oh yeah, what was it? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to close out the tribal council stuff. So, oh, like there's a possibility of it being a tied vote if they uh, – Anthony and Michelle both really seem to not want Erica to go here, and they're able to kind of convince Rita of the same. So I think this could also be a reason why it ends up being Erica's because I think the best that they're hoping for in this moment is a 4-4 tie if they can't pull in enough people. Um because right now it seems like it would be Anthony, Michelle, possibly Rita, and then obviously Erica voting for Sylvia. Yeah, and it, you could tell, like, even the first time I watched this season, 
when I didn't know about the the plot line that we're not getting, um, you could just tell that Anthony does not want or that wants Sylvia to go so that he can protect his ally. Yeah. And he's the he's the it seems like he's the only one that's like actively fighting because there is no Earl there to back him up. And he's the only one that's actually invested, invested uh in, in in keeping this thing going at this point yeah and you know the the fact that it doesn't go his way uh you know it, it's frustrating I, I feel like this this starts a fun story arc for anthony um moving forward uh and it's just unfortunate that it, it starts with with this moment here yeah, and I, I think Anthony is a fantastic narrator. I'm glad that he got a little spotlight here in trying to protect his ally in Erica. I have to see. I'm wondering, now that I'm thinking about it, I do want to know why they did end up coming to the Erica decision. If they were able to get Michelle, possibly Rita, definitely Erica on board. But we don't hear anything from Yao Man in this episode where we definitely see. so. If we're looking at the facts, it seems like uh, Mookie, Rocky, and Sylvia are all on board to vote out Erica, whereas Anthony and Michelle and then Erica would be all on board to vote out Sylvia. So then the people in the middle at this would be Rita and Yao Man. We see see Rita kind of lead towards – the last we see of Rita is that she's leaning a little more towards uh, wanting to keep Erica – which would be a 4-4 vote, but we get nothing on Yao Man's perspective here. And he voted with Erica the last, or no, he didn't vote with Erica, but he voted out Jessica over Erica in the last episode. So I just don't under, and it doesn't seem like him and Sylvia had a strong bond, but maybe we just didn't see it in this episode. But I, I'm curious as to why they ended up coming to this conclusion where it looked to us as viewers, at least, to be, a possibility that Sylvia could still go home here. Yeah, and we get a Yao Man, uh, not confessional, but when he's talking at Tribal Council and Jeff asks him, you know, what's up? And Yao Man's like, oh, we need to get rid of people that, uh, to make this group more cohesive. Um, we we don't want bad vibes, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, well, if I didn't know who he was voting for before then, I know now, because um, I know those words. I, I I felt like, especially my subsequent times watching the season afterwards, I just assumed that him and Sylvia had the same thing going that, you know, Earl, Erica, and Anthony had going, and we just didn't see it. Uh, you know, because if you're watching it without knowing any of this, you don't really know that Anthony, Erica, and Earl are, like, together yeah. together. You feel like they are working together, but you don't feel like they're together together. And that's, I feel like that's, at least every other time I've watched it, I feel like that's what the Yao Man, Sylvia thing was. Because, mm-hmm. and go to, to touch back on something earlier, when he's hugging her, I feel like, and Emily pointed out it took 10 years for the scene to end, I feel like if I wasn't that close with someone, I wouldn't hug them that long. Yeah, that's fair. Even if I'm looking for an idol, I'm not hooking them that long because now it just looks suspicious. So maybe it's that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility as well. Um, 
we haven't i feel like we haven't really gotten a lot on that perspective on like what that could on what the possible end of that decision could be but that's definitely a possibility so we get to the end of episode two with erica being voted out six two with only Anthony voting to keep her. And again, that Earl was on exile, so he was not part of this vote at all. I'm very interested to see what Earl's reaction is going to be when he gets back from Exile Island, because I can't imagine him expecting this at all or even considering the possibility here of it. But do you guys have any last words for Erica before I read her final words? I'm just sad about it. Like I really, I really, really enjoyed her. Um, and I, and again, like I, I remember, I, like I mentioned like a little bit ago, where I was like, man, like I really liked her. Like I wonder what happened to her because I feel like she has a lot of potential. And then like immediately, I'm like, oh man, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I wish that she was someone that they considered bringing back in a future season because I think that she, um has a lot of capability you know she's like i don't know like i I just really i really really wish i could have seen her more you know more she's like a jenny rob goddess you know what i mean uh so so true so true (laughs) it's it's ironic uh i feel like i've used that word a lot but survivor is ironic um a lot of the pre-merge rob goddesses that that people love um i can think of i can think of three off the top of my head not including jenny uh, Erica, Cece, and, uh, oh my gosh. Stacey Powell. Stacey Powell. <laughs> Stacey Powell. All Black women uh, all have very fun pre-merges where they have these, I, I feel like Erica of the three has the least iconic moment. Um, but these three are looked at as people that, oh man, like, if Survivor was in 2022, we would have seen a lot more of these characters. And it's unfortunate, you know, it's, I won't even say double-edged sword. It's it's almost like, and this is going to get really dark, but don't worry. Um, it's almost like, hey, we as a people have to go through all of this so that we can get Barack Obama or, or whatever it is. We, 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 we have to build towards this. Sadly, even in Survivor, we have to build towards, hey, we're going to get all these pre-mergers that we love, but like they were never really going to last. But at the end of it all, we're going to get Marianne. So it's it's all good in the end, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, it, it is all good. But also, you know, it, it should it should have never gotten to that point. It, it should have never started with that point. If that makes sense. At what um, cost? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I like Erica. I, I, Erica wasn't like high, high on my list in any time I've watched this season, but she was definitely in the better half uh, of the list of people that I liked from the season. And I really do feel like she was, she got screwed as angry black woman, which, you know, is the, is the worst thing that you can be. And in a early or any season of survivors, you, you can't be angry black woman or you are, done and uh we, we we she was never angry black woman until that one challenge that one moment and it, it's frustrating but we know what ultimately happens in later seasons and potentially even this one so you know i'll take it <sighs> yeah it's a lot of emotions this episode i do 
still, you know, I'm glad Erica got a chance to be on TV. I'm very sad that her time was cut short, but I enjoyed her for the time that she was here. And yes, she is a, uh, she is a robbed goddess um, that definitely deserves a second chance. And, you know, it's, she will also just forever be part of an iconic alliance that unfortunately was not able to pull out all the stops this round, but I have faith in them moving forward. But that is the end of the episode two recap. And so let, oh, sorry. I want to just say Erica's final words as well. Um, Hers were, I was very, very shocked by the vote tonight. It kind of hurts to get blindsided like that. I don't think it was a smart move to vote off somebody who is strong. When the next challenge comes around, I hope you guys win. But if you don't, I want you to think about voting me off and think about who you kept. And if you going home and if you're going home empty handed, maybe you should think about the decision that you make. And I, I think there will be there will be some questions about that moving forward. It definitely uh, I think Erica's words might come back to haunt quite a few people, but that will be another question for another day. But let us get to our end of episode award. So how this works is that we are going to do best confessional, best or the funniest moment, and who wins the episode. So uh, Andrew and M, I will give you both the opportunity. You can pick your own choices for the best confessional and the funniest moment. But we will decide together about the winner of the episode. That's so cute, G. I love this idea. Thank you. I thought <laughs> I figured for Fiji it should be something special, and I'm very excited about it. Okay. Well, so let's uh, let's discuss best confe- best con- your the best confessional to you because 100 Earl. I think that Earl's confessional um and uh uh in at Exile Island was like the most uh like spooky but like you know like power powerful speech about like how he like killed the snake and like and I think that it like helps to kind of foreshadow no spoilers of course but just like just like gameplay and survivor in general you know like you can't leave one snake because it'll get you in the end you know and yeah. I really enjoyed that because I thought that was like like the most survivor speech that I've ever heard without it having be scripted yeah uh, for me, I, I rewatched this episode last night, um, and because it was the third time I'm watching this, uh, this episode this year, I kind of like, I, I was watching it, but, you know, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, this happened, and then this happened. Um, but I sat up, um, just like pay attention for Dreams as Confessional um, when, when, they're, when they're on their, his tribe, because he gets a lot of time. And I know I brought it up earlier, and I don't have to go into detail about it again, but I... It, that I connected with that and I didn't even grow up in those types of circumstances. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like this was the, this was the birth of the, the dreams as an empathetic character uh, story arc. Uh, and so I, I'm looking forward to, to see how his game turns out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I like both, both of these choices, but I think that, I think that Dreams confessional sticks with me a little bit more, even though Earl did get the episode here. But I think as we get further into the season, what he says about his tribe in particular is going to become very relevant moving forward. So I'm going to give the best confessional award to 
dreams as well. Yeah. I second that. Yeah. I mean, I I still, I still obviously, I I loved Earl's confessional. I think that was just like really defining, but like whenever I think about confessionals and survivor that really stick with me, like, yeah, even after all these years, I I always remember dreams. There's very, very few that I always remember. And this is one that like, I never forget. Yeah, I agree. And I think, but I think both of them, I like having a mix of uh, different winners in each category. So I think that the, that Earl it also had some really great moments here. So, and I like the confessional that he did well, on Exile Island as well. Yes. Yeah, so thank I think those you. are both really good options. So funniest moment. Boo, 100%. I, I would say, boo. do you guys agree with me? Like, I like that man, like, I, I, I'm shocked he didn't get taken out in a gurney. You know what I mean? <laughs> After that episode. <laughs> I, I feel like any runner-up would probably be Yaman man going through Sylvia's Yeah, path. mine are just between those two. So, uh, yeah. Andrew, are, I will award whatever one of you. Yeah, I mean, it's, de- it's definitely boo. It, it's yeah. just everything. Okay. So I'm going to put uh, Andrew and M both put boo, and I'm putting Yao man searching through the bag because I love that. I think this is the second. Yeah, awarded uh, Yao man last time for funniest moment as well. As he um, should, a rifle oh, king. I love that man. I know. I love this for him. And he didn't get a lot of screen time this episode, but what he did get was very funny. I'm kind of surprised at how little of Yao Man we got during the uh during the strategizing for uh after the immunity challenge. Yeah. What kind of glasses did he bring? Because it I, I mean he could have easily just brought two, but it always seems like he's using the same uh, like different pairs of glasses to try to get a fire started and uh i don't know i know i'm wondering if someone else bought like maybe he's alternating between like his and anthony's glasses or Mm -hmm. some someone else brings glasses i can't remember i can't remember any of this i would did earl wear glasses at one point because i don't remember mookie or rocky ever wearing anything okay so maybe it was maybe rita brought some Okay, so yeah, there probably is multiple glasses going. Next, episode three, I will be keeping a glasses watch on hand. (laughs) All right, now, my favorite of the awards. Who wins the episode? Last week, we did – so the premiere, as we all know, is kind of a mess. I love it, but it's a whole lot. So for that one, we did – Moto won the episode just because they won the challenge that got them the nice camp. But we did uh, a second place prize of Mookie who spearheaded the Jessica vote in the first episode. So he's like an honorary winner as well. But I'm a little torn here in who wins the episode for the second episode. So Mookie and Rocky spearheaded the Erica vote. So there is potential there. Dreams, I think, had a really stellar episode here. So I'm not opposed to having him win this episode either. Um, Sylvia avoided getting voted out. So in some ways, I think that she could also be a winner. And then Earl escaped all of the mess at Ravu and got to go to Exile Island, which is much nicer than... Ravu's camp, so I think like he's also in the running. Um, am I missing anybody? Not I don't really. 
think so. Um, yeah. I, boo, boo wins for not dying. Um, I think that's also <laughs> definitely a plus for him. And he's also at the nice camp with Julia. Yeah. So and honor I, I mentioned to Alex for keeping him alive. I feel like that's, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, we have Alex kept boo alive he didn't get a lot of screen time this episode either we don't see a ton i mean it's clear because moto didn't go to tribal council here but Mm -hmm. i think that that's definitely you know we we don't see a ton of moto quite yet so it's hard it's the same thing last episode too in the premiere so it's like hard to award moto a win but like in the grand scheme of things they are very much winning right now because they are in the nice camp they haven't gone to tribal council yet and they're kind of as far as survivor goes they're living in the lap of luxury right i'm having such a hard time deciding like this is i was hoping can you guys pick first while i'm thinking i I mean can you guys fight it out then i'll decide what (laughs) pains me it's rocky and mookie Mm -hmm. yeah it's um you know, Sylvia was supposed to, the, the entire episode is saying Sylvia's going home. There's no, there's not even a moment where it's like, it might be this other person until they lose the challenge. Yeah. It is, this is a, this is the Sylvia boot episode. <laughs> this is what yeah. this is. Um, and so the fact that they were able to change the vote um, when everything pointed towards it, and, and yes, because and it's Earl's, Earl's gone and whatever, but the fact that they're able to do that and potentially gain power in the tribe because of that, you have to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because I don't like one of those people. But If you I'll, had I'll to pick you. between Mookie and Rocky, if you had to pick one winner between those two, who would it be? Mookie because he's a minority. I'm sorry. Uh, Mookie. <laughs> <laughs> it did seem like Mookie had more, like he was Eleven. the initial person that called the shot for Erica to go here. I don't mm-hmm. know if, so this is my thinking. My thought was either dreams for, I think he did really well this episode and he didn't have to go to tribal council and he's in the nice camp. So like in terms of what we as viewers are seeing, I guess dreams did win the episode for me. And he also didn't get hurt okay. like Boo did. So also I feel like, dreams won the episode for me but then also i feel like sylvia not going here is especially with how she got screwed over is a huge win for sylvia Mm -hmm. and then also i kind of want to give it to mookie as well because while i hate his choice uh to vote out erica it was his choice and i feel like mookie had um i did not i forgot how much mookie had a hand in the these early boots here because he was our secondary winner in the premiere as well for the same reason. Absolutely. I think that, I think I'm going to choose um, my, when I, okay. I think that is my decision. Um, I'm okay. going to choose um, Mookie and this is why um, okay. I think that, you know, in terms of power dynamics, he's kind of put himself at the top of the Alliance without a lot of people knowing it, you know, or at the top yeah. of the tribe without people knowing it. And like he had Rocky do all of his dirty work for him. You know what I mean? Like Rocky was the one who was running his mouth. And that's why even originally I was like, well, Rocky was the one who was gunning for Erica, but like, it was actually Mookie was the one who planted the seed and then he let Rocky grow it, you know, within yeah. the mind of everyone else. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sad that we haven't really, like, we didn't get a lot of confessionals from, we didn't get any confessionals from Mookie last episode. Right. We got very little from him here, despite the show kind of showing us Rocky, planting the seeds for both of these 
early boots here. Right, right. Um, I, I don't, and I, I am, I love the fact that he's been so subtle. I think that that that's a yeah. really, really important game to play. Um, yeah, I, I wish we got more of him. Where like, I want to just yeah. see a confessional from Mookie saying like. I told Rocky and Rocky's going to tell everyone. So this is like perfect yeah. for me. And then when Earl comes back asking what happened, I can't be blamed for it. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, I don't think he knew what he was doing in that. Like it, you know, how important that move was at the time, you know, at least by, like based on the edit, you know, but it was important. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that interesting, but yeah, I could give it to Mookie this round. I think Mookie, Mookie got a little bit short-sighted in this last episode because we felt like Moto was such an obvious, like we had to give them the win because of just like how prominent the win of getting the sure. good camp is to the season. But I think that Mookie, Mookie deserves a win here. So as much as I, it pains me, but a win for Mookie, no offense. I don't have anything against Mookie in particular. I know I just, I'm mad at him too. I hate awarding a man for voting out Erica, but I suppose Mookie can get I suppose Mookie can get a win here. But, I'm sorry. Okay, so for our best confessionals, we have two for Dreams confessional on um his experience at the camp and how being on Survivor compares to his real life. Funniest moment was two oh, and one vote for uh Earl being on exile for best confessional. For funniest moment, we have two votes for the Boo hurting himself segment and one for Yao Man searching through Sylvia's bag. And then for who wins the episode, it is Mookie. Yay! Yes. And that is the end of Fiji Forever, episode two recap. Uh, M and Andrew, uh, thank you both for joining me. As always, I will be looking into options to get those personalized robes at some point or another. Immediately. Yes, immediately. (laughs) Uh, New year, new merchandise. Very important. (laughs) But now that we are at the end of the episode, I have to ask, where can people follow you? And is there anything that you'd like to promote? Um, well, um, excellent question. Um, you can find us. We're, we're always on Twitter. We'll, we'll probably be quoting the tweet whenever you um, advertise our podcast. Um, we work for, well, we, um, are, we work with Survivor Buffs. Um, so you can find us on YouTube, on Spotify, anywhere that you get your streaming services. Um, right now we're going to, we're going to be in the process of revamping because, you know, new year, new us. So we're going to have um, a brand new season for 44. And in the meantime, what we're doing is a mystery. So watch out. <laughs> Uh, you can also find me, uh, on Instagram at chosen one Oh five one five on Twitter at the click K L I Q. Um, I really want to do a, a survivor crushes podcast, uh, during the off season and just for Valentine's have, day for Valentine's day. Yes, exactly. Uh, and have people such as Gia. Uh, on to dis- discuss our, our all-time Survivor crushes, since that was the question I asked to everyone during 42 and 42. Also, check out Survivor 42 and 42. There is his own playlist on Survivor Buffs. It was a good time. Um, and yeah, we'll be back for season 44, and we just really appreciate Gia for continuing to have us on. Um, she's one of Thank our favorite, Gia. if not our favorite. Um, Yay! Ooh, I'm telling everyone else. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. They can't blame it. I'm amazing. I know you're so. a queen. 
You're yes, great. Thank you. Thank you. You two are some of my favorites as well. So if not my yes. favorite. So oh my that's, just, that's just how it is. Yes. <laughs> are we alive? All right. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram because I changed my handle now at Classically Gia for all of my reality TV shenanigans as this is a Survivor podcast. And we have the Black Alliance on for Survivor Fiji to thank for so many um, amazing contributions to Black Survivor player history. I encourage everyone to uh, follow the Survivor Diversity campaign Twitter page at Serve Diversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. My regular stre- uh, podcasts, including I Don't Know About That and our post-show recaps um, uh, coverage of Abbott Elementary are on a brief hiatus right now just because we're in the off season, but they will be back in March and in January to cover uh, once we get some new episodes going of those seasons. Keep an eye out for those. This is a very fun project to be taking on in the off season. Same with our Inside Survivor recaps. Those will be back with Survivor 44 as well. So for now, that is all I have for you. Thank you everybody for listening to Fiji Forever and we will be back very shortly with our recap of episode three. So stay tuned for that. And thank you, everybody. And have a happy new year. Happy new year. Quiet. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.